0: Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I'm Andrew, an autistic certified financial planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey Eileen.
1: Hey everyone. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people.
0: And I think uh, today, our intro, we kind of changed that with somebody being a bit inspirational. Um, Today we have with us Joe Barksdale. Hey, Joe.
2: Hi, nice to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, Joe's a singer, songwriter, producer. His unique sound smoothly blends aspects from from blues, soul, jazz, rock, and more, creating an immersive experience at once from upbeat and up close and personal, a captivating world spreading, a message of love and unity, harmoniously uniting people through music. All-American honors as a CASS technical high school lineman led Joe to a scholarship offers and acceptance of Louisiana State University's offer, and hence by its engineering program. After starting on LSU's 2008 NCAA championship team, he played with the Raiders, Rams, Chargers, and Cardinals. Concluding an eight-year NFL run, Barksdale hung up his cleats in 2019 to pursue music full-time. Settling in Austin, Texas with his wife, Brianna, and two young daughters.
1: Hey, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We start our podcast by asking our guests how they like to identify. Um, But what I mean by that is, you know, some people prefer to be referred to as a person with autism and other people prefer uh, autistic person. So if you have any preference here, uh, let us know.
0: No, I don't. So... Joe, you mentioned that you, you know, were depressed for over, you know, 20 years, but that you were also undiagnosed autistic. When were you diagnosed? How long ago? And what was that process like?
2: It was three years ago. Um process was my therapist works with other um autistic clients, patients, but um she saw a lot of uh She had been observing me at this point for three years and she saw a lot of similarities on top of the thing we were talking about that day. I told her, we talked about like, you know, why I don't like being around people. And I told her like, I feel like I'm always acting like who I'm supposed to be and not like who I am. And I feel like one day someone's gonna realize, you know, I'm not like everybody else. And that was what kind of opened up the doors for that conversation. It led to her referring me to an autism specialist whose name I'm blanking on right now. Uh, but that's uh, that was the process that led to my diagnosis.
1: And what impact, if any, did uh, learning you were autistic uh, have on your depression? How much of your depression do you think was due to, to being uh, undiagnosed?
2: That's a good question. I never thought about that. Um, because I think it all works together. Um,
0: Are you happier now than you were three years ago?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, um, but you know, I'm taking steps, meeting with a therapist, I'm on medication, I'm with a psychiatrist, uh, you know, journaling, exercising, you know, doing all those things. Um, but yeah, the, I think some of it, like some of the mental illness is biological. So I think some of it was just in the cards. And then, um, yeah, there were definitely, I'm sure that there are definitely life situations, um, you know, that were drastically affected because of the autism and that kind of thing. And I'm sure some of it in some way led to, you know, um, some form of mental illness in me, but I think it's hard to separate the two, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and do you think music has helped you um, with feeling less depressed in any way?
2: No. <laughs> neither. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to say that music doesn't make me happy. I mean, my kids make me happy. My wife makes me happy. Um, I do comedy. Uh, I'm a comedian, hearing people laugh makes me happy. Um, But I would look at it like being in any other kind of pain. Like, you know, you you just, you just in pain and you just kind of get used to it. And there's just always this numb ache in the background but you do your best to push through it. you know that was kind of depressing but um, <laughs> i'm sorry
0: i mean man from your intro it's so uplifting you know so you know, that's but,
2: why it's so uplifting the person that wrote it knows me no i'm
0: just <laughs> going downhill from here guys no but
2: yeah i mean that's just the honest truth you know
0: no, that's that's what we want we appreciate it um is there anything so it seems like since 2019 was when you left the NFL. Like, was the autism diagnosis did that shape any part in your professional career the last three years or all that? Or is oh it just no, no no, I was
2: diagnosed there? after I retired.
0: Oh, after you retired? Okay. But
2: it did like it, it. It definitely explained a lot, like why I hated working with teams, and like a lot. It definitely explained a lot of the issues that I was having, not just in the NFL but with people in general, but definitely like within my job too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think about like why I even got into football in the first place. Um, I was at an engineering camp and this kid was saying something. He was being sarcastic. I thought he was being serious. And I thought people who say things that stupid should be slapped. And before I could tell myself not to slap him, I was already slapping him. (laughs) But It was a joke, you know, and he like stood up and starts flipping over tables, punching computers and we both got kicked out, but only one of us left with a bill. So. Thankfully, that wasn't me because I didn't break any computers, but if we had known I was autistic back then, I would have never got kicked out of that camp. And getting kicked out of the camp is what got me into football because I needed something to do over the summer uh, to stay out of trouble. And I was like, maybe I can try to get in shape playing football. Huh.
0: So something that almost nobody knows about me um, and almost nobody believes is I played two years of Pop order football, right? Um, Why don't and they believe What?
2: Why don't people believe that?
0: I mean, I'm not an athletic person. I'm short. Sure.
2: But you said you played two years in Pop Warner football, not 20 years in the league. Like, it's very <laughs> it's believable. Still,
0: I- I've told some close friends, and they thought it's, like, the most hilarious thing I've ever told them if if they know me. Like, I'm, like, the computer geek and, you know. So even the thought of me playing at all is apparently that amusing. But um,
2: That was me at the beginning of playing football, though. Like that was, I mean, I was at engineering camp. I'm a computer geek too. Like, so um, maybe so that's unbelievable so for me. And
0: it, it, so, are, is there anything that and I'm, I'm going to tell a quick story then ask a question? So I, I have very. This is. Personal, but in a funny way, I have very hairy legs, like, you know, James, but like super hairy, you know, like my dad looks like he, you know, shirt off, you know, it looks like he has a shirt when he doesn't like, I'm the same. So at like 13, you know, you have a bunch of boys, but you know, football and they're all making fun of me because they're just going to make fun of people for anything. Right. It's like what they do. It didn't matter what it was. Hmm. So I thought, well, logically, if they're making fun of me, because my legs are hairy, right. Then what I should do is I should shave my legs. And if you wanna get made fun of more by a football team for having hairy legs, shaving your legs is a sure fire way for them to make fun of you even more. So that 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 did happen to me, That, that that's my football story. But um, do right. you have it?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you said that's you my, didn't well,
2: like- You shouldn't be mad about someone shaving their legs. If the women can shave their legs because they don't want hair on them, why can't dudes?
0: I mean, they were making fun of me for my legs being hairy in the first place, right? They were just going to, you know, I think a lot of it is picking on people because that's just kind of like...
2: It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, didn't make sense to me either. Do you have any stories like that? Not, you know, it doesn't have to be about your legs, but, you know, of just... uh, Uh,
2: Just kids in general in middle school?
0: No, or the, uh, you know, football team and, you know, just something, uh, you know, where... I don't know. Maybe you were, you know, a bit different or something like that. Uh pretty much every day. I mean, I never saw like
2: there would be this thing. Uh, there were coaches that always said that I would think too much, but there would be this thing called like, you know, I mean, you know, you block you're blocking somebody. Coaches want you to block somebody and like dump them into the ground and try to break their legs. And I'm like, if the dude's blocked and he's not making the play, that should be that's good. Right. You know? Um, so it was always looked at as like a lack of, a lack of effort from my part, but in actuality, it was like, the job is done logically. If I'm going to be on this field for 70 more snaps, there's no need for me to expend all my energy on snap number three, but, but you know, like it's, I would say just being a free person that saw things logically in general, you know, did not bode well for me in football. Like, we be going out to practice. I'm like, hey, coach, did uh, you, you see the heat advisory warning this morning? You know, like, yeah, I saw it. We're going to go out there still. <laughs> okay, well, that, that sounds illegal. Somebody shut him up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those kind of things. Um, just things that just never made sense to me. It never made sense to me why people, even as a professional athlete, because I never watch sports. I don't watch sports. Um, and even as a professional athlete, it never made sense to me why sports matter so much to people. Just because, like, Sports are fine, not finite. If sports are going to be infinite, then they don't matter. If there's going to be a champion next year, does this one matter? Just as much as next year's will, which will matter just as much as the last one before this one. So I don't understand how you could base so much of your life and hope and emotions off of something that's so random and unstable. I don't know.
1: So then what did you like about football?
2: It was a way out of my economic situation
1: it's fair
2: yeah I was poor uh before I played and yeah it was it was the quickest way I mean even my thought was like even if I'm making league minimum I'll probably make more than like my dad will make in 10 years you know um yeah. so yeah the the it, it was the money like it was, <laughs> It was the money from the beginning. I remember my first time, like, running and um, thinking to myself, like, I'm not running for free, you know. I'm going to get paid to do this eventually. I'll be damned. Like, you know. but But these were thoughts I had. Not to mention, you know, when I first started playing football, in my mind, my life as an engineer was over. So, and two, like, I was always a bigger kid and, you know, a little bit more expensive than a regular kid, I guess uh to clothe feed transport these kinds of things and um my parents would always make me feel like you know they would always tell me like you need to be rich when you grow up because if you don't your life is going to be terrible because you are so expensive they made me feel like a burden and like football was the first time that I was somewhere I said yeah football was the first time I was somewhere where people were actually happy to see me and not like oh my god (sighs) you know like the kids plus size clothes are upstairs man jesus or like even you know your own parents are like oh my god you cost so much money so it was really cool to see like a group of people like hey you know happy to see you here even though you suck at football right now like <laughs> um because i was really bad when i started but i got better
1: i love your your honesty it's uh, it's very cool to hear someone talk about football this way what uh, uh what inspired you to to leave the nfl was it because uh you finally had enough money uh, to do what you love. Then why did you choose music instead of engineering?
2: <laughs> I, I'll start with that last question first, because uh, you don't need a degree <laughs> to do music. I was not trying to, as much as I love school, like I realized at that point in time, like, I got a wife and kids. I'm not trying to, hey guys, I'll be back. I'm going to class. You know, like I'm not trying to do that. Um, so I, that was part of, that was a big part of the reason with engineering. I just was, I'm, I'm done with it. Anyway, um, I was at a game. We were playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think part of my disillusion with sports is, too, is, like, I was always on losing teams. Um, You know, like, we never went to the playoffs, these kind of things. So it's not like it was a great experience either. Um, But I remember we were losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I was thinking to myself about, you know, there's two 53-man rosters, teams, plus the coaching staff, Plus the people who work in the front office, plus the training staff, plus the weight room staff, plus, you know, the the general manager, the, you know, a lot of people out here coming together to sell out this arena, you know, what, eight times a year. And then I looked up and saw there was an ad for a Taylor Swift concert, which was sold out already in the same arena three days in a row. And I'm like, well, that's significant. It takes all these people to sell this thing out once. She does it three times with just herself. You know, like you've seen football ads where they got to, you know, show you 18 different team members and highlights and all that other kind of stuff, as opposed to just, you know, being who you are and people coming out. Shit, more people coming out because it's three consecutive as opposed to just one. Um, But I really started thinking about like what I was doing with my life and the significance that I was lacked, that I felt that I lacked, you know,
1: so does music give you that significance you were looking for?
2: Not yet, no, I'm just playing. I would say, I would say it's a piece of the puzzle for sure. Um, and I'm not saying a piece of the puzzle because of the autism
0: thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think you you were, okay. but, but now we think. A lot of dance. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's a piece of the puzzle. I think that, um, You know, these kind of conversations are part of things that help me feel more significant. Um, Like I said, you know, there's the comedy too, being a dad, being a husband, you know, all these things, I think they work together for significance, Uh, but music is definitely a factor in that equation for sure.
0: And you talked about being, sorry. And you talked about being a dad, you have two girls. I have two uh, young girls too. so how drink. old are How old are yours? Uh, so what you say?
2: I said we need to go drink together.
0: Now, like, yeah, to <laughs> to
2: no, that's what we need to go do. <laughs> I can't say no to my kids. My uh, my girls are three and five.
0: Yeah, so mine's four and a half, and like you know, like six months. Oh yeah, no, I I can't say no either. Like no. It, it's bad,
2: you know. Your wife's looking at you like, what are you doing? Filing for this? You tell her no. I will. <laughs> okay, that's what
0: we're married for. Like. <laughs> But yeah, so but um, do you so you already had both your kids or close to it when you were diagnosed? Um, <clears throat>
2: yeah, I had them both.
0: what, you know, if any thoughts, you know, how did the diagnosis, you know, change, you know, anything, you know, about, you know, you affect on, you know, being a parent, anything you want to share about that?
2: Biggest thing it did for me was just making me more comfortable with my stems. Um, and just repetitive movements in general before I would be like, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? People can't see this. That kind of thing. Um, what are what your gems? Uh, I bow my head a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, making noises, like with my mouth. So that one's, you know. Um, rubbing my uh, palms with my fingertips. Those are the three main ones.
0: Um, but yeah. So, so the diagnosis helped you like accept who you are a bit more, which allows you to be a better parent.
2: Right. I think it more kind of told me who I was. And I would say the emotional, the emotional intelligence that has come from, you know, learning that I'm autistic and this is one of the reasons I don't understand emotions and I need to put in extra work to understand emotions. you know, I think that learning so much about emotions has helped me become a better parent. Um, So autism didn't directly, but, in a you know adjacent it did
1: do your kids know about your diagnosis is that something you talk about with your family
2: i mean <laughs> i would say they're like they're both still too young i would think i think the five-year-old's close because she's gonna be in kindergarten next year but like the other one's three she's still right. she thinks that half the you know like they were in the bath the other day and i was so the dog we have dogs we have two doberman sometimes when our female dog barks, because I do a really good job of imitating sounds. So one time when our female dog, and I can't help myself, what is it called, echolalia? But when the female dog barks, I will just bark consistently. And one day, Kennedy, who's the older one, she's like, mommy, why is daddy barking like a dog? And mom's like, well, sweetie, daddy is autistic. And that means that, you know, there are different spectrums. And I just walked away on that conversation because I'm like, I went to your little older to break it down. No. <laughs> but you know, they, we are introducing it just in terms of like, the concept of autism and like, not everyone is like you and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yes and no, that was a terrible answer.
1: <laughs> it's good. I have, a, I have two boys, you guys have two girls, I have two boys and uh, I'm on the spectrum. My two kids are two and uh, my, my youngest is verbal, but my oldest is nonverbal. but you know, started talking about my autism and, you know, explaining that there is a wide variety of, um, experiences like my oldest is nonverbal, and i'm here and i'm talking and i have kids and it's uh i think it's good for kids to to learn about it from a from a young age five i think is when we started really talking about it with my kiddo um would you say that uh your autism diagnosis is a reason to work harder on yourself
2: i don't know about saying it's a reason to work harder on yourself but i will say it's not an excuse to be an asshole um but that 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 being said there are times where you may look like an asshole you know like when i was a kid my mom would shop at this store called lane bryant we would be in lane bryant so much i thought this was the only place that they made women's clothing i didn't realize that it was a women's big and tall store and that's why it was (laughs) quiet because there was so much shame like (laughs) and so you know one day we just walk in and i'm like hey Is this the only place that makes female clothes? We come here a lot. And like, why are the dresses so big? And like, why is everybody looking so surprised, right? So you look like an asshole. Cause I'm like, mom, let me find you a dress. What size do you wear? Oh, this is an 18. This is definitely too small. Like just loud, you know, but you sound like an asshole but you're not, you're just in your mind trying to help. You know? So I do think that there are times like that um, where you could, it could come across that way, but you're right. Just to walk around and, you know, cut somebody out and be like, I'm autistic and walk away. Like, that's not acceptable. <laughs> you know, that's not decent. You want somebody, you wouldn't, even if you are, you wouldn't want an autistic person doing that to you. Like, shut the fuck up! I'm autistic. Like you still, we still got a box. I'm autistic too. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm on the spectrum. You're about to be on the floor.
0: Okay. I'm all right. <laughs> so, um, do you have any advice for you know young autistic dads, right? Other than it sounds like you can't say no and <laughs> you should probably drink. Um, do, do you have any do you have any do you have any wholesome advice for? It?
2: On a serious note, I would say that i um, this is gonna sound very cliche, but I do think self care is important. I think that sometimes people don't realize that they need it until after they get it. And by that time, you know, it's not too late, but it's like, think about all the things and the situations that could have been better if you had been a little bit more relaxed. I would say patience is a part of it too, just because, you know, I can't put myself in other people's shoes unless I've been through exactly what's happening, you know? Um, and, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that like I was a kid at once and I didn't know everything that I know now. And I know that that's, you know, something that, you should work on, you know, I, I would say, I'm saying this as if I'm saying it to a, a young autistic dad. That's something that you should work on too. Um, I think that you should figure out like who you are so that you can be consistent for your kid. I think that's important. Um, unstable childhoods are not fun. I think it's and, good and, advice and,
1: for all parents out there. Yeah, and
0: something that. that, you know, we've learned, and that is just reiterating something that you've said is if i'm not doing that well and i'm you know not feeling that well you know anxiety or just whatever's going on it's better to take the time to then come back and be better and present versus hang around all weekend and and i i mean and not being like good time right Mm -hmm. it's better to and i'll say at least for me and i think that's what you were saying too that that was the hardest like i I wanted to be there but at the end it's better take that hour or two like you know and then come back in a good place for sit around all weekend and just you know snapping or something
2: right and i mean you think about it 10 good minutes are better than 60 bad ones or 60 tense ones it's like there's times i would have just rather my parents not been around if you're gonna be around boy you lucky we take care of you like i'm not your boss why are you going off on me you know like making your kid you know feel that way um, but I do think that, yeah, like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I know that there are a lot of books written on a lot of things, but there, if there was a, like a one size fits all manual to parenting, it would be the bestseller, you know? Um, there isn't, and I think the part of parenting too, is just realizing that like, Hey, this parent may be able to be around the kids for six hours straight. This parent may not, you know, like those kind of things too. And that's what I mean when I say like, just coming to terms with who you are. Like, I can't, I can't handle poop. Like at all, you know, potty training has been terrible for me. Daddy, come look at this. It's pooping. Oh my Mm. God. Can you help me? Why? Oh my, where's mom? Like, but you know, we know that like I cannot handle poop, but there are other things that I can do that, you know, make up for that. I'm not about to write a book about how to handle poop as a parent, but I say that to say, we all have our own individual journeys. And I think that part of it is just realizing what works for you and your family and not trying to base everything on like a consensus or, you know, something you saw online.
1: So I wanna I wanna ask you a question about something called the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. What oh, is it? How do you get it? Why do you want it? <laughs> Tell us about it.
2: Um, Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, I'm not gonna do it a disservice. Let me look up the definition. I mean, it's pretty much like the Hall of Fame of comedy. One um, winning the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor means like, you know, you are a pretty much like a comedic voice of a generation. It's like the, you know, just like getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, A lot of my heroes have won that prize. Um, I want to win that prize. Now I will say, I do understand that. A lot of the reason I do want to win that prize comes from deep-seated childhood emotional issues revolving like never feeling like you're good enough and trying to get affirmation from strangers. But still, I want to win that prize too because I want to be known as the best, like I want people to say that like, I took comedy in a different direction and like brought awareness to, you know, topics or was able to tackle topics that most people are too afraid to touch with ease and grace and humor um, and intelligence. But yeah, I mean, I, it's very vain, but I want to be eternal. I want to be remembered. Who doesn't want to be remembered? <laughs> and if you're going to be remembered, I would want to be remembered for being great, not for being terrible.
0: You said you want to be remembered for being great. Great at what? Great at, you know, football, everything music, I mean, being yeah. life, just being, you know, like the best at everything you do.
2: Everything that I spend serious time in. So right now that's music and comedy. Yeah. I would say I put serious time into both of those. Um, yeah. I want to be um, undeniably good because I never have been before you know, there comes a point in time in your life where you're tired of just being in the top 5 or the top 10. You know, you want to be the guy. I want to be the guy.
0: But so at the same time, like you're, you know, by by most measures, you know, very successful. A lot of people can never play in the NFL no matter how hard they try. You know, I can't, you know, sing to save, I mean, my life, by the way. Like, you know, like literally like the worst right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, like that American Idol dude who was like doing as a joke, but worse. Um, so, but what can you say for people, but the best is relative, right? For somebody else who thinks think like, I'm man, the they could never do. Honest,
2: Cause like, I am mentally ill too. And I think that that distorts how I see things. I know it does. I know it like affects the reality that I see, um, a lot of times. So I mean, I'd be the best one for advice in that subject. <laughs> you know um but yeah like that's I don't know like I, I I can't see it that way I never have been able to and I never will be able to even when I was playing and it's like well people would die to be in the NFL and I'm like well they die for no reason you know like I, I think that there are bigger things in life and maybe that's what it is the fact that I think that there's much bigger things in life
0: sorry i was thinking okay so i so mark twain actually he grew up like a town over from me his house i don't care about him as much as his award but i I don't think they give it out here i'd hear about it right if they were giving out the award i hadn't heard of the award probably separate i'm sure
2: it's probably i should know this but i don't i don't know it's it's somewhere
0: cool. <laughs> if, well, then it's definitely not Connecticut, close yeah, to where I am right. if it's somewhere cool. Definitely not near like the Mark Twain house, I promise you, <laughs> right? If it's somewhere cool. So, and again, because you don't do enough things already, you do um, something called Tech Lord of the Sith, oh, right?
2: Yeah,
0: and so. you're, um, and so a couple things, so you've, you've tied Star Wars into a lot of what you do, mm-hmm. right? Um, Eileen has never seen any Star Wars, by the way. Well, I think it's time to log out,
2: Eileen. No, I'm just playing.
1: <laughs> I think
2: it's time to go ahead, and we'll see you next time. No,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. Kind of. Oh no, no,
2: no, no! I'm giving you a hard time. Look, if you don't like Star Wars, that's not a problem at all. Like, I, I'm not. I don't the-
1: know if I like it or not because I haven't seen it.
2: <laughs> oh well, but you know, some people like if they don't if you they don't like if you don't like what they're trying to tell you about. All of a sudden, oh, we can't be friends. Why not? Because I don't like the <laughs> I know. I'm just letting <laughs> you know I'm very chill.
0: So you tell us, what is Tech Lord of the
2: Sith? It's my tech review channel. Um, and it's also going to be the launch uh, page of my comedy, my stand-up comedy too. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get it uh, intertwined with the music. So I'm going to post it on the Tech Lord channel since I crack jokes on my videos anyway. But pretty much what it is, is I'm really into tech, specifically consumer tech and you know how it is you see the youtube videos and you're like oh man what do you know what's this phone talking about do i want to get this phone do i want to get this laptop i'm not trying to watch a 15 minute you know snyder cut or longer of people talking about all the different things is it good or is it not should i buy it or should i not like i don't have the attention span for that so these are videos for people with short attention spans people who don't have you know a lot of time on their hands you know people who don't you know want to wait 30 minutes to see if the new iphone's worth buying and that's the here's the deal there is a place for that but like at least there needs to be somebody who's like hey before you go down this rabbit hole of an hour's worth of review footage here's the you know the wikipedia you know that first paragraph on wikipedia that's who i see myself as when it comes to tech
0: have you ever seen um ice T presents his mac repair on youtube no okay i'll send you the link you should watch it please do Spoiler alert, the MacBook does not get repaired by Ice-T. So I'll, so I'll send you the... <laughs> that.
2: That shows how I just go, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't realize Ice-T was in the computers like that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Still don't get sarcasm.
0: So we're, yeah. Actually, Eileen and I are very sarcastic. We like speak sarcasm. We're like the opposite where if we'll, we assume each other's being sarcastic to us like so if we're being serious we won't we have to specify that it's the opposite
1: right right Alien? yeah it's
0: kind
2: Jeez, of fun Jeez, that's doesn't sound fun at all i'm having a terrible day mentally shut the fuck up anyway like <laughs> yeah like, no, I'm serious. you're never serious anyway <laughs> you know but yeah <laughs> that is the problem with like you know sarcasm or humor people do always assume like oh that's a joke yeah you know
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you some uh, quick fire questions. Basically, you tell me the first answer that comes to your mind.
0: Okay. Are, Are these one word answers? Uh, yeah. Okay. Or close to it. Don't have activate. Or two. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Just quick.
1: Whatever. Um, do you have a favorite quote? And if so, what is it and who said it?
2: Uh, favorite quote. So I can quote like a poem or something. Whatever, yeah. Whatever you want. Uh, I won't quote the entire poem, but it's a. Uh, I should know this author. The, the name of the Robert Frost. The name of the poem is uh, "Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening." The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. Because that's how I feel about my life. Like, <laughs> I mean, when you the way I see the woods is like you know, like him sitting down and dying. But, you know, him saying, like, but I have promises to keep, like, you know, you know, it's ambiguous. So it could be promises to yourself, to other people, you know, to God. I don't know. Um, And miles to go before I sleep. I've come so far, but I still have so far to go. So it kind of encapsulates like my entire existence at this point in time. Well, actually, it encapsulates my entire existence, period. I won't even say at this point in time. But uh, yeah, so that's that
1: like it sorry that was
2: way more than one word
1: <laughs> good what a. what is your biggest inspiration when it comes to music a band a singer
2: Kanye West oh my god Kanye West I'm sorry but <laughs> I would say Kanye West um Marvin Gaye is very close like but Kanye West
1: what's your favorite alcoholic drink
2: margarita Actually, no, my favorite alcoholic drink is a tequila neat. You know why? It's low in calories. It gets you where you're trying to go. And you don't have to walk around with it the whole party.
1: (laughs) It's a good reason. (laughs) What is your favorite portrayal of autism in the media?
2: Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers. I mean, I don't even know if it's like confirmed that she's autistic, but I feel like she is. And I love her character so much.
1: Another thing I've never seen. I guess i'll add it to my list
2: yeah
1: <laughs> what was your dream job as a child or what did you want to be
2: i wanted to be <clears throat> i wanted to design cars whether it was interiors or exteriors but i wanted to like work on cars i wanted to i grew up in detroit which is uh you know home of the three big um the big three motor factories um so yeah i wanted to design cars
1: what's your dream car
2: a Bentley. Actually, no, I don't
1: have a dream car. I
0: just,
2: what car do you have now? Um, an Audi Q8. But yeah, I my dream car is a driver. Does that count? Does sure. that
1: count?
2: Like I'd rather have a driver.
1: <laughs> that is a you good car. I mean?
2: yeah. yeah, that's a great car, right? Like yeah. a nice car with a driver. That's my. Dream. <laughs> that's I like my that. dream car. Because then you can have those tequila needs and you don't have to worry about driving <laughs> home. No.
1: There you go, yeah. private Uber driver, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's probably the first time you got that answer. What's your drink for a driver? <laughs> yeah. What part of the spectrum are you on? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I think that was all the questions we had for you. Thank you so much for joining today and being so honest. It was refreshing. Uh, do, oh, are you on social media? Mm-hmm. Do you want to all tell right. people where to find you?
2: Um. Yeah, you can, I mean, honestly, you can just Google, like, Joe Barksdale. Thankfully, there aren't many former football playing, autistic, comedian, musician producers out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can really Google Joe Barksdale. It's uh, J-B-D-A-L-E-7-2 J-B-D-A-L-E-7-2 at Twitter, I mean, on Twitter and Instagram and Joe Barksdale on Facebook. Um, Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast, honestly. Well, thank you guys you know. for having me. This has been fantastic. I hope I um, <clears throat> wasn't too long winded.
1: Oh, you're oh no,
0: no, you, you were per- seriously, and we tell you if you saw, oh, yeah, right. we're
1: autistic, so you yeah. know if you're not great. Oh, yeah,
0: need
2: more autistic friends that's been like the saving grace for my comedy and my music. What do you think about this? This is not that good, bro. I just, I wouldn't <laughs> re- thank you for your honesty. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very useful to have autistic friends for this reason,
2: for sure. Oh, by the way, I don't know how, why I forgot this. I do have an album coming out. I just released a single last week. There's another one coming out next month, and there's an album coming out the following month in August, at the end of August.
1: Congrats! Yeah, thank if you. you want to send us a link, uh, that we can include in uh, when um, we go live. Yeah, well, we'll send you links and everything when it's live. But uh, thank you so much for.
2: No problem. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you.
2: Have a good one. Have hey, a good one. Too. Bye. Bye. Bye.